Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Alright, well hello everybody and welcome back to the China Shop. I am your host today, and joining me and Captain Dan for today's special episode is Vico from Trade Pro Academy. Trade Pro. But first, if <laughs> if you'd like to reach out with your suggestions, corrections, or shitty memes, you can do that via email at tubles at financialineptitude.com, or you can join our free Discord server, where a bunch of amazing people gather to share our struggles and lessons learned with other like-minded market aficionados. So now, without any further ado, let's just dive right into it, because I know Dan's been waiting waiting for a month drum roll how you doing dan i'm doing fantastic it has been a great start to the week uh, recording this on a holiday i am in a bathrobe in my underwear doing nothing but enjoying this chat well who gives a shit about you vico how are you doing <laughs> <laughs> doing well doing well living the dream where are you at now in the the world tour of vico i'm in eastern europe i'm in bulgaria for a few weeks now uh, before I head off to Morocco, actually. What do you? What's the? What do? You, what do you do when you're out there? When I'm. What's the? What's the scene like uh, in uh, Morocco or Bulgaria? Bulgaria. The scene. I live on a on a I guess old farm. It's not a farm anymore, but my grandparents used to have a farm here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I live in like a rural Bulgaria. It's about 15 kilometers away from Sofia, which is the capital. And yeah, um, I honestly just chill to the max like summer's super nice here like i wake up i take my dog out for a walk into the mountains which is like maybe half a kilometer away from our house like we live like literally in the mountains um that's awesome yeah and then i just sit down and when i get back maybe work out a bit and then sit down in front of the computer until i go to bed again (laughs) (laughs) is there any good fishing up there there is there is for sure um not too far from here there's like a few bodies of water where people older older gentlemen generally generally frequent but I'm, I'm not really a big fishing guy ah you sound like a fishing guy uh, <laughs> your need for quiet and relaxation oh, i love it <laughs> <laughs> all right well the reason why we've been itching to get you back into the shop is because mm-hmm. of the new trade pro courses that you put together back in february and on top of that you did kind of a slimmed down version of it for free 
uh, with the the workshop that you just did uh, was that about two weeks ago three weeks ago yeah yeah um, you can actually access the workshop on our on our website um, there's like a banner on top of the website so if you haven't seen it and you want like other content to go along with it like you can just go and check that out it's oh that's free. awesome I was hoping I was hoping you're gonna make that available I love that make sure we have a link for that in the episode description because that yes. was a really fun workshop nice refresher for people who had taken the course and a good kind of look at what you guys do uh for those who hadn't taken any of your classes before mm-hmm. cool, cool. so what went into like putting that together like how hard is it to to throw one of those to throw a workshop together honestly um, yeah i pulled a lot of resources from the futures course so it wasn't too difficult it's just um kind of kind of molding the resources to kind of make it a little more beginner friendly um mm-hmm. and then just slimming it down a lot giving you the basics to kind of get you get people on like the ground level to kind of expose them to what actually works. Like the whole thought process behind this, why I made this workshop was um, current market conditions, right? Like they're ever changing. Uh, you see a lot of people like getting absolutely destroyed on the way up now. I mean, sorry, on the way down and then now on the way up getting destroyed, trying to short this thing. So <laughs> I was like, this this can't be right. There has to be another way. So I just wanted to kind of expose uh, it's like a system. I wouldn't necessarily call it a strategy because you can mold it into different strategies, but a system that revolves around volume, that just allows traders to trade literally any market condition, understanding how auction theory works. Um, this is something that I picked up from like a few friends that actually have traded at desks and hedge funds. So not done that, by the way, but like they, they've kind of, they gave me a lot of insight on that over the years, like as I was like learning myself. So it's just one of those tools that regardless if the market moves, if it doesn't, where it goes up or down, doesn't necessarily matter. You can get a good idea of the direction and the expected moves just based on auction theory. So I just wanted to, make that known to everyone rather than people looking at like moving averages, indicators and random strategies, uh, thinking of different ways the market could go up or down, just kind of seeing it at face value and what volume tells you because volume is going to lead price, right? Yeah. Uh, how long did it take you to, to kind of master this then? Because I think I remember you saying in one of the, maybe it was in the workshop or one of the courses that it had been like a few years. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it was a few years for sure. I'm, I want to say like two-ish maybe, but when it came down to like depth of market learning, um, I think in a span of like maybe five to six months, I became fairly comfortable with it. But mm-hmm. that also like involves like hours of replay and just like constantly looking at it. So I still do replay, honestly. After every day session ends, I'll replay the majority of the day. Mm-hmm. Really? Still? Yeah. Do you do that like a, wait, obviously not real time, so you have to watch that sped up. Do you just go to like the key moments uh, during the day, or um, I'll I'll start the I'll start the open like pre-open for the first two hours, and then pick out some key moments into the afternoon, um, mm-hmm. and then just replay those. I'll even do like snippets, cut them out, do explanations, and post them on the Trade Pro side. I haven't dug into those, but I know Dan's a huge fan. Yeah, it's like the mm-hmm. depth of market library, right? I try to populate as much as I can. I was actually in the middle of doing one uh, today, actually, or I'm going to do two today uh, from last week because even though this is interesting, because even though like the system is in play, everything's in play, like the analysis is spot on, everything's right. Sometimes, right, the operator he doesn't want to listen, so you can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I got that disease. You can get yourself in trouble too, even if everything's picture perfect, right? Like, right. fortunately, I do have some experience. So like I was able to get out of some messes the past week, but I consider a bit of it a little lucky too. So I kind of called it a short week last week. 
Um, but it's, it's exactly why I do the replays, right? Because you're not picture perfect, right? No one's a robot. Like you can slip up sometimes. And it was kind of unfortunate to slip up the week after the workshop as well. Right. So like, (laughs) but if you go watch the lives, right, the boarding live room, like analysis, everything was on point. I was saying this, a bull, this, a bull trend, the dom is bullish Just start buying dips as I'm selling rallies. So it's, you know, stupidity do, do as I say, not as I do. Right, right. Dan, you you uh, jumped into the courses uh, kind of as like your first step back after taking some time off. Yeah, yeah. You want to tell us about your experience? Uh, I took months, months off, easily mm-hmm. six, easily while I was moving up to Vegas, and I wasn't even really watching the markets. Uh, I we I was reading the news, and, and I would show up and I talk to you about the news and what was happening for the show, but I wasn't trading, and I didn't have my mind on trading. And then I stepped back in, this new course came out and, uh, I kind of, I kind of like binge watched it. Like it was a Netflix series. I know everybody learns, yeah, you did. but for me, it was like, I need to, I, I want to consume this all in one chunk. So like none of it leaves my brain while, well, by the time I get to the end, I want it all in there. Um, but I managed to come out of that course and I had the best sim trading of my life. I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I had uh, five consecutive green weeks of sim trading. Uh, now, you know, I've got my own issues with live trading cause it, it's got its own thing, but, uh, uh, I've never felt more in tune with exactly what Vico was saying earlier, like, like reading the market and, and, uh, being able to have a setup and a strategy now, whether or not the operator follows that. <laughs> right. Give <laughs> yeah. me worse. Also, the other thing I found is, and, and I did, I watched all those Dom videos, and thank you for making them. Thank you for continuing to make them. Yes. Because I found the longer I go without like rewatching that stuff, the worse I get. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I start to, I start to just like go from the hip and be like, I got this, and it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> go back, watch, stay on task. I'm glad you bring that up though, because like that's like that's. That's exhibit A of just like being consistent with the replays. Like, uh, like I think like no matter how much I progress or like how far into my jur- trading journey I get, I'm still just going to do replays, right? Like maybe it's not every single day, but it's going to be four days out of the week. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I got to add that to my, my regiment. I know. I, I remember the last time we had a come to Jesus talk with you about uh, <laughs> stuff that needs to happen if you want to be successful. And it was journals journaling yep <laughs> journal really revolves around the same shit honestly like it it's it's very very interesting when people are like oh my god i don't understand why this is working like on it there's there's two things that you have to do and they're very simple but it just requires effort one of them is have a strategy that you've back tested that you're testing that you see consistency in if you have a strategy that has like a 60 percent win rate with you functioning at like 80% of your like capacity, I think that's like a golden strategy to start with, right? Number two is like being able to actually um, review everything, your mistakes, the market conditions, the situation, right? And understand that so you can actually get better. Because if you start doing the same mistakes day in and day out, you're just going to dig a hole and it's going to drive you crazy because you're going to be doing the same thing, expecting different results, right? It's just not not sustainable. It's also really hard, I think, for a new trader or struggling person to actually go back and confront those mistakes. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. But it's just like, like, you have to do it like this isn't like it's you start like you start deep diving into things where you like compare trading to like, let's say just like a regular career where, okay, let's say I become 
I don't know, an engineer, right? Engineer, I go to school, I know the theory, I apply the theory, everything should be like fairly picture perfect. There are some problems to be solved, but you generally have a guidance to the solutions. Right. In trading, it's not the same, right? You read the theory, you look at the theory, you go in and actually do it. You're like, holy shit, like, what, do I know anything? Like it, like it's just, <laughs> you just can't do that. And you always have to be like reminding yourself and learning and like reliving those moments. And like, it's going to be painful. It's going to be horrible. Like and when you have shit red days, like I had, um, I don't know. I, uh, at the end of it, I don't think it was red, but like it was saved by some like swings on futures, but like it was like a red day trading day. And I was like, Oh God, I got to go and relive this now. But like, it, it doesn't matter, right? Like at the end of the day, the more the the more consistent you become, the worse the red days feel. Not because it's, yeah. not because it's a number, but because you should do better. You know what I mean? Yeah, ju- self judgment. It's been happening to me. Like, ugh. yeah, like the number doesn't matter. Like the number to me minus like a hundred, minus two hundred, minus two thousand. I don't care about the number. I care about that I didn't do a good enough job. Right. And I should have because I've been consistent for a while. Right. It's just like something's not adding up. So like I was like super hard on myself and I was like, this is bullshit. So like I just had to go and review it. That's why I like the way that you brought up the engineering analog, because like if you're a bridge builder and (laughs) you're trying to go and build a bridge, like you have formulas that say if I build it with this safety factor and this load test or load capacity, then the bridge will be fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that you don't do that. Like if you're a trader and you're trying to do the same thing, like 40 to 60% of the time, the bridge is going to fail and you did everything right. Exactly. And it's a hard thing to wrap your head around. Exactly. Yeah. Especially all the screaming kids that uh, went off the bus when the bridge failed. Exactly. All those, all those screaming dollars down the, down the, into the water. (laughs) I was just thinking about the bridge example, I'm like, oh, maybe I picked a bad one. What is that? Is the Tacoma Narrows bridge that they built brand new and like it just got that resonance in it from the wind blowing and it just toppled out of no oh my god. <laughs> I didn't hear about that. That's insane. That's a really that one happened a while ago. It's got that video of the thing like twisting side to side, like almost forty five to ninety degree angles. Because the wind just got it. Yeah, it, it was a resonance. Like it just it started with a little movement and it just kept getting bigger and bigger so that volatility you got to watch out for that volatility a a trader built that bridge what you're telling me yeah probably (laughs) look as long as this bridge can hold the higher highs we're fine yeah there it goes (laughs) right well one of the things that i started doing after watching uh the the courses in the workshop was that i actually uh grabbed my journal like a paper one and I just spent like two weeks basically watching uh, the volume levels that you helped us or showed us how to identify and then just watching the Dom interact on those points. And I got to say, like just spending that time just observing, like doing it intentionally and just writing down like key findings. Um, I felt like I was learning more in that two week period than I think I've learned um, all of 23. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like I've been I've been working with like some people at Trade Pro and they're like. There has to be some like catch to this. I'm like, it's like there, it's volume. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you anticipate areas that strong-handed buyers and sellers would attempt to to position themselves, and and you watch for them to happen, right? Like, it, they're educated guesses based on information that you have, right? The expectation yeah, of something right. happening, right? And that's the hypothesis, and then you just wait for that confirmation. It's all it is is just distribution theory and auction theory, like how markets move based on market participants. And when you understand that, you start understanding like how the market moves, the expected areas, the expected moves, 
um, and even like direction to an extent, right? Right. So you are working with some people on this. So like, what are the common struggles that that the people that you try to teach this to one-on-one have with it? I think some of the common struggles are um, when it comes to auction theory is understanding the levels at which uh, like you have strong market participants like ledges. Sometimes it can be like a little iffy, but like they're like, oh, okay, well, how do I know it's this ledge and not that ledge? Well, I'm like, okay, well, you're not going to have it to the exact freaking tick, first of all. Like, second of all, if you get it to the point, you're doing pretty freaking good. If you get a five point area, right, I think that's fairly solid. And you start working your way from there, right? Like you start doing it more and more and you start watching how they actually interact. Okay, this is good. That's not good. And it's just process like it's it, you, you just eliminate things that you were concerned about as you practice it more. Another thing is the depth of market reading, right? There's a lot of questions about that because there is some ambiguity to it. If it was as easy as seeing a like a thousand lot buyer step in and you start buying with them, right? Then it, we wouldn't have a market. Everyone would be doing it. It's right. understanding that you're watching tape as tape interacts with itself. So buyers and sellers interact with one another, and you notice when there's um, like icebergs coming in. You notice when there's uh, absorption coming in, and all these things, right? They're they're repetitive. However, they're not repetitive in the sense that they'll come out with the same numbers and the same exact pattern every single time. But it's going to be repetitive enough that if you spend enough time looking at it, you're going to start noticing certain patterns that repeat, that repeat, that repeat, right? They all start kind of melding together. So it's the main thing that I tell people is just like, take your time with this, because it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in three months. It might not happen in six months. But as long as you put the effort in, you put as many hours in as you can, like you'll start to see things because a lot of people expect to like, okay, I learned the theory, right? Let me just throw things at it. Well, it's just yeah. like, give us some time, like understand what you're looking at first and how you're looking at it, then start replaying it, practicing it and seeing how they actually interact. Because I can't give you a magic formula that says XYZ happens, go long, go short. I can tell you theoretically, yes, but then you have to observe as it happens. Yeah. Right. I, I really like sports analogies for this because I can I can show you on a piece of paper how the arc and the parabola for that basketball to get in that hoop works. Yeah. But until you actually go right. down the court and play with the ball and shoot for 10,000 hours, you're not going to be really, really good at basketball just because you, oh, I got all the theory down. No, you have to go do it. You're going to fail a whole bunch. You're going to miss a million shots before you can consistently make shots. That's just a fact. And then you take that a step further, right? You do that like by yourself, right? Let's say you practice yeah. by yourself. You're shooting hoops by yourself. But then you throw a defender or two at you, right? Things change very, very quickly. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Now you got somebody trying okay. to keep you. Even, even if you've got people on your team that are helping out, I don't know. I always tell uh, my wife when, when she asks. I've been me, your teammate, Dan. I know how helpful you are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's an insult or not. Shit. <laughs> Take it as you will. Perfect. Yeah. I always, I always tell uh, my wife that I'm trying to find where the elephants are. Yeah. Like exactly. I, I want to enter. Yeah, I want a spot. Like I, I know that there's going to be a big seller and a big buyer today, and I want to, I want to ride wherever. I want to get in wherever they're getting in. Exactly. That's all. Section, That's all I want to do. That, that reminds me of one of the things that came up in the workshop and in the new courses is the like it's a stark contrast from the original course that George put together when we yeah. talked about liquidity magnets and the large large offers and the market tending to move to and through liquidity. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
You you mentioned that maybe that was true at one point in time, but you don't think it is necessarily the case now. I'm curious to hear your thoughts more on that. I think that liquidity is found in a different sense now. I think liquidity is supposed to be found. I think it always was found this way, but um, before when you look at liquidity orders on the DOM, like large orders, like let's say like 10 years ago, they have that magnetism, right? Mm -hmm. This time liquidity orders aren't as easily spotted. Um, Liquidity orders would be past orders that have traded um, they can be the mainly past orders that have traded or expectations of where strong-handed traders are, are located. So when you watch um, order flow, right, you want to take into account where these large reactions of buyers and sellers previously occurred, right, being areas of liquidity and that start directional moves right so it's kind of like supply and demand to an extent that's where you find big market participants based on those large ledges in the distribution so that's where strong-handed buyers and sellers do get activated now you can do the same thing where price hasn't traded yet like let's say for the upside if you take a look back in time where those strong areas of um uh, market participants occurred right big uh big ledges in the past so on and so forth but if you notice for example um i think it was like a week or two ago, I don't know when it was, but I was calling for a long off 4180 for a swing trade into 4300. Um, the reason for that is there was just continuous buying by strong-handed buyers on the depth of market over the past few days at that level. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. like if it comes back down, they're probably just going to sustain that area and, and open up the upside. Now, when you talk about liquidity on the DOM in terms of big orders, I only think they're valid if price is extremely close to them. And you want to see how they trade. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if it's like forty points away, I'm not. I'm not expecting it to get there. <laughs> <laughs> no. What about like one thing I've tried experimenting with this past couple of weeks is when price gets out of like an area where I haven't mapped in like over a year. Then I, I like I was trying to use those as like an identifier of where those big market participants might be waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily like initiating anything off of them, but waiting for price to get to those, and then watching to see what happens when the DOM starts lighting up like are are more people showing up with them or is he just getting run over yeah exactly like and like a lot of people had that question too because we've traded areas where they haven't been traded in over a year right Mm -hmm. so like when you when you want to find areas like that when you want to find ledges and large market participants that have traded there in the past like what you would do is just go back on a volume profile that like has a lot of the data from those from those areas right so like Mm-hmm. If I pull up a chart quickly here, obviously you guys can't see anything, but uh, for, we'll pretend. For example, <laughs> like mm-hmm. if you have an area, like let's say on like on Nasdaq, right, and you go from between like June twenty twenty one and April twenty twenty two, there's just a cluster of of price action that has traded where we've recently broke out of to the top, so you can find where those like large areas of, of market participants are, are expected to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So what, um, what's next for you guys then? Are you planning on redoing like the options course anytime soon? Um, I have plans for the options side of things as well as like longer term swing trades and investments to kind of open that frontier. Um, I also want to do more on the future side, talking about micros and scaling with like micro accounts, swing trading with micros, a lot of things to do around micros, because I think it's a severely underutilized tool and everyone wants to jump to minis, but they don't realize that like micros are extremely powerful. 
That's funny. I don't see a whole lot of people actually trading the minis. Yeah, not not really anymore for sure. But like I, I've talked to a bunch of people that like have these expectations to trade micros for like a month and just start going into minis. <laughs> yeah, everyone wants to scale up to them. And, but I, would, I think I'd rather trade 20 micros rather than two minis because I want the flexibility of being able to scale off, like, yeah. you know, a third yeah. here, a third there. Like when you're stuck with one or two contracts, you suddenly get a lot less flexibility at how you can exit and try to maximize the profit potential. Just mathematically, scaling micros is you—you you just it moves exponentially faster than scaling minis. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like that's just—it's just mathematically doesn't make sense to me. When I was looking at it in my spreadsheets, it was like I don't want to switch to minis until I'm I'm trading like nine. Right. <laughs> like, and then at that point, like, and then it's more an awesome problem to have. Yeah. <laughs> awesome problem to have. Right. And even then it still might slow, slow you down in terms of like, like you can take this week's, if you had a really green week, if it's micros like, oh, wow, I can add four or five micros to, to each trade. Yeah. But exactly. if it's minis, it's like, I still got to wait. Oh, still waiting to get enough right. in that account to add that next mini. Like, no, 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 you'll get a lot quick, faster, a lot quicker, sticking to micros longer. Be nice if you could trade them both at the same time. You, you can. Oh, really? Yeah. How does that work? You just open a micro position and a mini position. You just have to have two oh, doms. Oh, so you need two doms? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I mean, without having to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but without having to, okay, well, you want everything now. I do, yes. Uh, probably get Robert to program something if we really wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, back to what you were saying before, like, like there's a shift in in the educational content now that we we're moving towards these new courses. I I went back and I started watching George's old video on breakouts and I stopped because I thought <laughs> really? it, it was all about the footprint. And I'm like, I'm not using the footprint to trade, George. Like, I felt like if I kept watching, it was going to distract me from the things I was doing that were successful. Yeah, I think like, like footprint, especially, I think there's, there is some place for it. But realistically, it's it's just like an auxiliary tool that comes after the depth of market, because all the information that you could possibly want and need are on the depth of market. Yeah, yeah, you don't even use a footprint at all, do you? No, not really. Like, I can use a foot, like, I'll use a footprint sometimes to like, confirm there might be stuck traders but that's i own i feel personally that that's what it's only good for i kind of like it for like just the history like to be able to go back and look and see like what happened like 20 minutes ago but that's and also it's the one thing i can look at without getting sucked into the dom like i find that (laughs) the dom has to be covered up at all times (laughs) unless you're in an area (laughs) Uh, that might actually be why the replay is so important to, to being able to trade with this like consistently and well it's because you need constant reminder of like what you're looking for yeah exactly because the it's such a nuanced thing that's mm-hmm. it's not black and white i mean it is when you see one versus the other in the moment but like when you're waiting for something to happen waiting and waiting and waiting for that confirmation you can start to play your mind plays tricks on you and you start to see things when you shouldn't yeah the thing with that is like i think you like people just generally need a little more experience on the depth of market to understand like where areas are and where they aren't because like you said if you're a little newer to the dom everything can look like a good trade everything can look like a reactive trader but like once you get a little more understanding it just becomes Okay, you have an area, area trades. Okay, next is you're watching if the Dom is bullish or bearish. Mm-hmm. And then? 
and then you're either in the trade already or you're waiting for some other trade. <laughs> and then? <laughs> and then you either win or you Hang lose. on, wait. Talk, talk slower. Hang on, I'm writing. <laughs> One thing that I find myself doing a lot when I'm watching the Dom uh, with Dan is like, oh, this looks bullish. Oh, this looks bearish. Oh, this looks bullish. Oh, this looks bearish. <laughs> I find myself flip-flopping a lot like yeah. that. Like, is that, uh, is that something that just means I need more time watching it? or uh, Yes. <laughs> is, there, is there something I can do to, to kind of like filter out that noise? Um, I think that... The more you watch it, the more you understand it realistically when it's not. I think the main focus for newer traders and learning the DOM, just really focus on the areas like you were talking about that you expect trades to actually happen. And then the rest of the DOM, just just observe and see what you can learn. And then go in the replay, relive that, right? Because then you start noticing what does a bullish versus bearish DOM look like, right? Where is the transition point between the bullish and the bearish DOM? Like a bullish dumb is probably just going to rebid the whole time with like weaker offers coming through. Even if the offers pull it down a few points, it's just going to be weak. Right. Interesting. Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen. And I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is to just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, S-P-U-L-L-E-N at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. Um, what was one? I'm trying to think of some of the other struggles I've had with with trying to utilize this. Um, picking points like when, with the fade opportunities, like when price starts to extend and comes to the, like the edge of a distribution where I expect there to be some some people showing up. Trying to tell the difference between like covering people just closing out their positions and actual like big money getting in and and loading up at that spot to push for the next move lower. The thing is like like whether they're closing or opening positions, it's not necessarily like you can't really distinguish it that well. Um, and it's not necessarily that important because regardless, it's just like a change in liquidity. Mm -hmm. So like if someone's closing out positions like after a strong run like up or down, whatever the case is, it's, it's still going to re-offer, re-bid and show you an inflection point that's worth like 5, 10, 20 points maybe. Mm. Interesting. Uh, Dad, what do you got? Um, shit, nothing but psychological problems. What's no, I, I, oh, let's hear them. Um, Trading related. Not no, really. it's, 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 <laughs> I, I'm, I'm currently dealing with like, like I got myself so boosted up by having, by, you know, taking the time off, watching the newer courses, understanding them because I've had the hours and hours and hours of screen time. Mm -hmm. Going sim and kicking a ton of ass and then going live and losing a ton of money. Like it's right. that that psychological uh, uh, like, like I, I sit down and then and like 
I, I fall right back into all these like old habits. And even like part of them in the back of my brain's like, Dan, that's the, what are you doing? You should, well, and you should stop also, trading t- two trades ago. I feel like we should also clarify when you say tons of money, that's all relative. <laughs> tons to you're me. About a, you're talking about a $30 Apex account, right? Uh, no, no, no. I, I, I have shrunk my AMP account by half. I, I, ah, I, okay. I built it up by by 50 percent and then now i'm down 67 percent, which means gotcha. I'm, I'm i have half of what i originally pushed put in okay okay i think that um if it's like an issue of over trading or like uh the inability to like discipline yourself honestly you should just start having a hard lock on your account like after xyz loss and then just like at a certain point like yeah some of these things like they're not easy fixes and they're they're something that you just have to sit down and do realistically. Like it's like no exercise or blah, blah, blah can necessarily save you unless you just decide to do it. You know, like it's better every day to take like, a, let's say like $50 loss than like have a $20 gain than a $200 loss the next day. And like if it's just like yeah. a disciplinary action like that, mm-hmm. you just have to lock your account, have a daily lock, have a weekly lock. And then that's just it until you learn. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, my my issue is bringing other stuff into my life into my trading. It's really mm-hmm. hard for me to like leave Separate. it at the door. Mm-hmm. I I find that too, honestly. Like sometimes when I'm on the best headspace, like things do go awry. Even like if I have swings that are counter my day trade, which is exactly how you're supposed to do it. If I have short swings, I should be looking for long day trades. I shouldn't be looking to add to those shorts. Mm-hmm. Oh, why is that? Because it's like a hedge to your one position. It kind of is like a hedge. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Do you swing futures too? Yeah, I do. Wow. How? What's the longest you you've held one of those? Um, a few days actually. That last run from forty one eighty to forty three oh five. Oh wow! Jeez. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't on size though. Don't get excited. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what kind of size it was. One micro would have been nice with that. <laughs> right. 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 Let's see what else we got on here on this list. I really, really uh, have have stuck on what you're saying about like you're replaying the days every day, at least four days. I I definitely need to add that to my regimen. I have not been doing replays, and I have not either. And spent, yeah. I don't know why it's hard to bring yourself to do that, but yeah. I also didn't journal for a long time either, and I also found out that that worked out really nicely when I started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Right. Uh, and I'm hard on myself in my journal, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why did you take this stupid fucking trade? <laughs> Try to be more constructive, too, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not going to get anywhere with that, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, like I, okay. I like to say it's not a loss until you unless you refuse to learn from it. Yeah. <laughs> the, like, I, <laughs> the, the thing with replays and um, and journaling is just like, it's it's a you'll see like crazy progress like people who don't do it are just like honestly astonished well i mean it, it's it's funny too because like i've seen the progress that journaling gave me mm-hmm. and every time like i sit down and like try to kick it up into high gear i see immediate results from from that effort so why do we why do we have such a hard time doing new things that we know are going to make us successful from the people <laughs> that we talk to like why what does that mental block come from it uh, I fit like at a certain point is just like, I don't know. I speak from experience, but it's just like how on like as weird and corny as it might sound, it's just like, how badly do you want this to be a reality? 
Yeah. And that's, that's what I think I keep coming back to is like, if once you've like used all the things that you can think of to try to get better, then, and if they don't work, then you're left with the question of like, well, fuck now I've got nothing to try. And I've lost the dream. Like you lose the dream. The, I I agree. The thing with um, trading futures is uh, the way I see it, the way I have created a system, the way I implement the system is that there's no new things to learn for me in terms of theory. There's new mm-hmm. things to learn for me in terms of risk management, scaling, uh, managing trades, right? But when it comes down to theory, right, I've gone through what I've developed into a system that is consistent, right, that has results. But when it comes down to that, I'm not adding new things. I'm not taking away new things because that just disrupts the workflow. But I'm learning in other aspects. Mm-hmm. Like how to fine tune your execution or to improve your mental state. Exactly. Like little things, like little tweaks, like mental state, learning more about yourself. But like the second you find a strategy and you test it, you back test it, you have results and confidence, stop trying to add different things and just put all your effort and energy into using that strategy as it's meant to be used. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Interesting. Yeah, because I think one of the things that I found over the last two years is that like, I'll backtest something, I'll get excited about it, I'll go forward test it, I'll have success for a few weeks with it, and then I'll have a bad week, and then suddenly I'm ready to just scrap everything and start over again. But that's that's operator error. That's not system failure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Most of my issues are operator error, I believe. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy this is- how this transitions from hey we're learn we're learning about numbers and charts and graphs to all of a sudden like now we're into philosophy and self reflection self control like it's, it's right wow. it's true though like when you the thing with with a system and like what I've found works for myself is the more I see it work and the more I see other people use it and it works the more confidence I have in the system so I don't have the operator errors. Mm. The more confidence I build in the system, the less I think about it on the personal level and the more confidence I have that it'll be good at the end of the day. It'll work as long as I do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. And it just that confidence is just like a spiral of, of things um, like puzzle pieces fitting together. Right. And it's just constantly going and going and going. So what do you do when you have uh, confidence struggles? Um I did like last week and the thing is like I was like holy shit like what the hell's going on like I've had like years of consistency and now this shit because and then I saw like I was like okay this is for sure just like an operating error go back review everything watch the live session as I talk about how this is a bull and short it and then I'm like okay it was just clearly I had other external factors kind of playing into this and it didn't happen just one day right it happened three days last week and I was like I know what the issue is I just have to like walk away at this point and then just review and replenish for next week yeah it's hard to do do you have certain things that clue you into like when you need to walk away like how yeah do you, for sure how do you identify that like those for me they happen fairly early right when I'm for example when I'm watching um like when I do my plan in the morning and for example, we open in a distribution where the the probabilities for the bullish side are very high mm-hmm. and the market opens and I see just constant uh, bidding in the market and my first short comes into a bid like that and it just gets stopped. I'm like, okay, well, 
obviously I was reading this correctly. I'm just not doing it right. Like I just, I have to either walk away or just start buying it. Mm-hmm. God, that's tough to do. Yeah. That's so <laughs> tough for me to do anyway. Well, it's hard, it's hard to recognize it in the moment. Yeah. So that's what like I'm saying. Having, yeah. yeah. So that's another thing. Just like take it step by step. And like a lot of people just like, they like rush into it. Everything's super fast paced in their mind. Everything's racing, right? Like, Take it as slow as possible, even if you miss the trades and don't do any trades, just keep taking it slow until that kind of comes out and you start actually acting on your analysis, right? Because when the market opens, honestly, everything just goes like black a lot of the times and you're just like there just touching buttons, right? (laughs) Right, yes. It's just like, wait, like wait 10, 15 minutes, wait half an hour, wait for the initial balance to form. That's the first hour of the trading session. Right. And then see all the information that you've accumulated, right? And then you slowly ease yourself into something like this, especially if you're having issues with stuff like that. Do you find that your trade success goes higher, like the deeper into the session you go? No, for me, honestly, like I've, it was like that like a while ago, but at this point, like, trading based on areas and and understanding i've noticed um no difference in success rate during any periods of the trading session like i trade london open sometimes because i have the i have good hours for it i trade pre-market mm-hmm. sometimes because i have good hours for it one i have one a trade other, on right now <laughs> nice <laughs> uh, one other thing that i've noticed in uh during the period i've been observing and is that it seems like you actually get a lot more opportunities at those key areas than than you would think yeah like it yeah. seems like we have in our minds that they're going to be a lot of one-touch bounces but no, no they actually rare. rotate there a lot yeah. yeah and i think think just doing that observation challenge and i know you guys are a big proponent of doing that where you take like three weeks or a month to do nothing but just watch and observe and journal like that really helps you see just that helps slow it down for you like okay i've got you know 20 minutes to get this trade off if i really want this level i can spend some time observing here and make sure that this is going to hold yeah and and i would submit because i did not think this way when i first got started that watching and journaling, like Kyle just described, is trading. You don't have to be sim trading. You don't actually have to have some position on a, in a program to, to be trading. Like, no, like if you're actively watching those, those charts and those levels, like you're trading. That's a great point, Dan, because, yeah, it is all about building that screen time and pattern recognition. That's that's 90 percent of what we do, right? Right. When I first started those challenges, I I was antsy and I was like squirming in my seat. I'm like, I want to be trading. I want to be trading. And it didn't ever occur to me like, no, that's what you're doing right now. Like, you've got to get this data in your head to be trading. Like, you don't like I like that engineer thing. Like, you don't like I signed up for all these engineering classes. I went to class today. Okay, well, got to start building a bridge. Where's a bridge for me to build? Right, right. <laughs> I like the the shift too, though, that you just mentioned. Like that is trading. Like it is trading, yeah. Just because you didn't take a trade doesn't mean you aren't trading. No, exactly. Like if the setup isn't there, like I remember when I was um, this wasn't too long ago, actually, when I was being way more selective with my trades. Mm-hmm. I'd have three trades a week, maybe. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. This wasn't long ago. It was a few months ago, honestly. Like. When I first came to Europe and I was like taking it easy, mm-hmm. um, like maybe October, November, December of last year, it'd be three trades a week, maybe something like that on average, right? Very, very low trade quantity because it was just just waiting for things. 
and do you is it just because you got more confident in like the, the environment and your situation to where you can take more trades now or yeah. are you just seeing more opportunities now it's, that you're I, I I just I try more opportunities. I know some are better than others, so that's where sizing differs, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, I I'm a little more comfortable in the, in the environment that I'm in, so I can kind of push a little more. But like I I change size all the time. Um, so like something that's like high probability in a key area, I'll go like max size. And then other things that I'm just like yeah, try it, throw a few lots on, and see what happens. <laughs> I feel like that's what. That uh, comment right there is what gets me into my most trouble. Eh, I'll try it. I'll just give a shot here, see what happens. <laughs> well, it has to like be qualified still, you know. Like, I, yeah. Yes. Like good, good enough to give it a shot. Like you'll see X Y Z shape up. It's a part of your plan, and then you'll say, you know what? I'm not super confident in it, but I see uh, things happening that I want to happen, so I'll size down significantly. Yeah. Can we talk about plans for a moment? Of course. Now that you just brought that up, since that's a good segue. Uh, like what goes into a good plan? What should your plan entail? My plan entails in the morning, I'll take a look at what distributions look like. So distributions on a larger scale, I'll look at um, like daily charts and see where we sit in terms of those very big distributions. I'll take a look at an hourly chart as well, see where we sit in terms of those big distributions. Are we in a balance? Are we outside of the balance? Then I'll take a look at um, like a, a market profile with a volume profile and see what happened on the overnight session. Where are their tails, um, mm-hmm. unfinished business auctions, and then see where the opening print lies, right? Because if we open within a distribution, the chances we stay within that distribution are extremely high. Um, if we open outside of the distribution, uh, that's what we call a trend day. Right. But when you have those levels, do you have like specific trades planned out for those areas yeah, or yeah. you just have spots yeah. that you're looking to watch for? No, no. Like I'll, I'll want to buy or sell specific areas based on where strong handed buyers and sellers are anticipated to show up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about targets? Targets as well. Like targets um, are ends of distributions, key ledges where you expect, again, strong handed traders to show up. So you probably get a lot of trades that... Uh, you're holding for quite a period of time then if they if they hold out yeah because like i don't i don't necessarily unless it's like a very high confidence move i'm not just going to sit in a position with my stop at like minus three points while i have like a 20 point profit expecting six more points you know (laughs) right right or even like a 10 point profit and i'm expecting 20 more points right like if it pulls back to my stop well that's just kind of like negligent on my behalf yeah, I've had that happen quite a few times, yeah, but yeah. that's because I've found that I'm not good at moving my stops. I tend to move my stops right where I should be adding and then that's get taken thing. out at like the worst point. When it comes to trailing, I get this question so many times, which is why I've done so many replays on this. And I put it in the in the depth of market library for people to watch. But like trailing is it's one of the things that I was the worst at. And now it's one of the things I'm the best at. So like Mm. when it comes down to trailing, like I don't touch stops until my first area of profit has been hit. Now that might sound kind of wild because like some people are like, okay, well, if you have this profit, why don't you just like, like kind of manage it? Well, it doesn't in the longer term, it doesn't match the risk to reward Mm -hmm. um, that I've kind of put in place. Because if I start taking four point wins here and there, five point wins here and there, and I'm taking like, three point stop. So it just, it doesn't, it's not a good risk to reward for me. Right. It's not, it's right. not something that I'm comfortable with. And then when it comes to trailing, right after I take that first profit, unless I have three more lots on, I have my expected targets, but I'm trailing based on where the volume profile from the overnight and the day session have accumulated. So I just hide behind big buy or sell deltas. I hide behind big orders 
by a few ticks. So if it does pull back, then I have a pretty good chance of staying in, right? So mm-hmm. usually I do have a pretty wide open profit on trailers because that's just how the market's moved. Right. And then you have to you have to ask yourself like, am I okay with having this open profit and pulling back or do I just want to take the open profit? And there's no right answer necessarily, especially if you're learning, right? Mm-hmm. If you want the whole move, then you have to risk that open profit. But if you... If you're learning, I think it's if you're asking yourself those questions, better just to take it off and gain the confidence that you could win. Right, right. Yeah, some of some of my favorite days have been when I've I set like a like if I get if I have more than 20 points, I'm going to stop and and I'll hit it and I'll stop and I'll just feel great all day. Yeah, great all day. (laughs) Right. I hit my 20 points. Now, granted, if I was stopping on a day when I lost 10 points, I probably wouldn't feel feel so great but it would be more in line with the risk reward that you're talking about and then my days where i'm, I'm down 40 points aren't so devastating <laughs> right there should be less of those <laughs> when you have those like big discrepancies in profit and losses and green days and red days like i think it's pretty pivotal to have a like a hard stop yeah well it sounds like that's also a good metric to use for helping yourself identify when you need to take a moment and step back for a day or two or mm-hmm. maybe you need to go review some stuff yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I personally and I and I'm and I'm about due to watch them again. The further I get away from watching the videos, and that's one of the reasons why I love your Dom replays so much. Like I I don't know about everybody else, but I'm the kind of person where I almost have like a goldfish brain where even though I'm doing it, like I need to I need to go back and re-reference those materials, get that baseline of like, okay, no, Dan, remind yourself this is what you're here to do. You're not here to let your gut trade like you're following mm. a plan. You're making a plan. <laughs> you're sticking to the system. Not like, well, I don't know. This feels like a bullish dom to me. That looks like they're getting absorbed right there. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. When we start feeling trades. Uh, yeah. You're saying there's not a lot of good feeling? I let like, my gut do emotion- the trading. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of good emotional traders out there. No. My gut says I do a very good job. <laughs> so I listen to it. But then again, my gut is also hungry. I think that's a Futurama joke. Vico, <laughs> um, you uh, talked a lot about auction market theory and volume profiling, um, as well as like just some of the great information that you've gotten from the institutional traders that you've met over the years. Mm-hmm. But where could somebody else find like more information on these topics? Like, where's a good source to learn learn some of this stuff from? Oh my God. So we have so many free resources on YouTube, honestly, like I've, if people like dig in, they'll be very shocked to see that a lot of the information is out there for free on our YouTube page. There's so much on there. There's so much there. And obviously if you do go to our website, um, we do have that, that free workshop slash course, uh, that's available to you also with like additional resources I've added in uh, throughout that, if you go and check that out, there's a banner on the main page. But we have so many resources. Realistically, like these are these are things that I've compiled over the years. Um, if you go and like siphon through them, but uh, I think it's a, it's an amazing place to start. I have beginner stuff, right? I have a little more advanced stuff as well. Uh, are you guys you guys are doing another free um, TPA uh, Discord day, right? Uh, yes. When is that? Starting Wednesday and Thursday this week, what we're going to ah, do is okay. opening up our live room uh, in uh, the mornings. That's going to be after this comes out, okay. unfortunately. Oh, damn, there'll be another but, one. <laughs> well, I'll make sure to uh, I'll make sure to let everybody in the Discord know. Okay, you cool. know, 
uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a big Reddit lurker, and I, I follow a lot of the stock trading stuff on there. And about once a month, maybe every couple weeks, people post like, so-and-so guru on their Discord channel. This is the video that unmasks him as a fraud. <laughs> and and <laughs> I've, I, don't, I don't really get on many Discord servers other than our own or the Trade Pro. Those are honestly the two that I, I get on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, let me anybody listening out there, let me tell you, like, there's nothing behind the paywall that is like super secret. Like, I'm sh- always shocked. Like that free workshop you just finished. Like, I watched it all, and I was like, this is this is like just like hyper version of everything behind the like. Obviously, you know, I want all the information, but like, like, there's nothing secret about your methods. I'm always amazed about how open you are. Like, well, this is how, where I learned it. This is how I do it. Yeah, I just, I think it's like, it's fairly basic stuff. It's not like um, some kind of secret indicator or whatnot. Like the value in, in like being behind the paywall is obviously like the community itself and, and the community. Yeah. 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 And learning like the nitty gritty from the course and like all the other resources that we have that are just like constantly updated. That's about it. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the, the fact that it is nothing like super secret or no like special, like formulas or anything yeah. that you got to figure out i think that makes it that's it's almost encouraging in a way like anybody can learn this it's difficult but it can be done the information's out there yeah the theory itself like not difficult right mm-hmm. practice it understand that it takes a long ass time to to be able to read the dom that's what everyone mistakes yeah Theory is easy to grasp, but if you practice it enough, right, it is something attainable. It's not like some kind of rocket science. All right, Vico, before we wrap up, because I know you're probably itching to get out into that sweet, sweet Valgarian nightlife. <laughs> yeah, the mountains. <laughs> yeah. That's the closest thing I'm to right now. <laughs> you have anything uh, that you'd like to suggest for people that want to learn more about depth of market, uh, any exercises or resources or anything that you want to leave them with for how to get better at it? Yeah, for sure. One of the best exercises, I think, is obviously the replay. But if you're strapped for time and you don't have a few hours in the evening session to do the replay, find those key inflection points that happen throughout the day, right? Go and replay those moments leading up to them and after them and see how the DOM shapes up. And you can learn a lot from that on its on its own. And then when you see that, right, where do those inflection points line up with? You'll notice that it lines up with auction theory. So those are a few like ways to reverse engineer the actual moves. And the more you see them, the more you practice them, the more obvious they become. Some of the other resources, like I said, you guys go check out those YouTube videos. There is mm-hmm. so much over there. And again, check out that banner on the Trade Pro Academy website itself, where you can get access to that 100% free workshop. And I've added even other resources throughout that um, that will be made available to you. Yeah, yeah. And and if you do join Trade Pro, which you should, the community over there, it's not just Vico. There's there's so many great people. All going through like like Kyle and I always talk about, we're always going through the same stuff together, right? Like mm-hmm. there there is such value in having a community to lean on and yeah. share your joys and your sorrows. Oh my goodness! And honestly, yeah, if you don't if you don't have a community, you know, you can join us. You can join Trade Pro. Uh, join somebody's. Get get yeah. a community out there. Get yeah. some support. Honestly, yeah, like the, doing it alone is one of the hardest things ever, right? Like yeah. Find some people you can do it with, regardless of where it is, like TPA, um, the Two Bulls uh, Discord, whatever it is. Yeah, like, we'll definitely give you a lot of F-bombs over in the Two Bulls Discord. <laughs> yeah. That's your A lot thing. more shitty memes in our, in our Discord. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
a lot less professionalism, but you know, you got to yeah. find your people, right? <laughs> All right. One last question for you, Vico. How's how's George doing? George is doing well. I'm hanging out with the family. I talked to him recently. I think Reese went on like a some kind of solo trip for like work. I'm pretty sure. So I think it's the first time he's alone with the boys. Oh, oh wild. okay. I'll have to shoot him a message. <laughs> I saw he finally reinstalled Discord again, but uh, he he's supposed to reach out to me. He never did. Mm. Yeah, that bastard. Yeah. I'll get him back on here one of these days. He's still going to answer for his prediction. Family life. Which Wait, which prediction is that? <laughs> when he said we'd be at a million downloads by the end of 22, I think. Oh, well, yeah, that's def- that's clearly his fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he retired too soon. He reti- <laughs> <laughs> We're going to ride his coattails all the way to the top. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we can't ride his coattails if he takes his coat off. I know. Damn it. Uh, Vico, thank you so much for joining us today. It is always a great time having you <laughs> yes. in the shop. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on again. All right. Well, anytime, man. Anytime you want to come back, just let us know. If you ever yeah. got something you want to announce, man, we'd love having you on. Yeah, when you, when whenever you're bored of uh, jet setting around Europe. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. That's going to take us to the end of today's episode. But don't worry, there's so much stuff you can check out at TradeProAcademy.com if you'd like to learn more about the stuff that we just talked about today. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about us, you can check us out at TwoBullsInACHINASHOP.com. We'll be back soon with another exciting episode to blast into your ear holes. But until mm-hmm. then, smash that five-star rating like a drunken sailor in Tijuana and take care. <laughs> wait, wait. Am I, am, I, uh, am I smashing the sailor or is the sailor smashing someone else? Am um, I smashing like I am the sailor? I mean, honestly... Choose your own adventure, buddy. (laughs) No judgment here. (laughs) To Tijuana! (laughs) Bye, everybody. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.